everybody, welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I am Atara Tursky, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I am here with my amazing co-host and good friend, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace. Uh, hi, Atara, and hi, everybody. I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the only global parenting magazine. And you can find me at www.thebabyspot.ca. Now, we have not only a great guest today with an important story for parents everywhere, but we're going to learn so much from her. She's a trailblazer. Atara, who do we have? Grace, audience, we are really happy to have Tara Lee O'Malley Hearth as our guest today. Tara Lee is an educator, advocate, philanthropist, and a published author. Tara Lee has passionately contributed to the fields of special education and early childhood education, meeting her students' and clients' needs in the home, school, and community. She excels at recognizing each child's unique gift and successfully ignites their love of learning through exploration, discovery, and play. It is through this work that she founded Inspired Education. Tara Lee works to help children thrive in mind, body, and spirit while educating, empowering, and inspiring their parents and educators. Welcome, Tara Lee. We are so happy to be speaking with you today. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very humbled and honored to be able to speak with you guys today about this topic that's so near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I mean, we want to touch on uh, so many of the wonderful things that you're doing. But uh, one of the really important reasons we are having you on today is really to educate our audience um, about an area that I know is a little personal to you, and that is the uh, area of PANDAS. So can you tell us a little bit about what that acronym stands for and what it is and how it became personal to you? We'd love to hear that. Absolutely. Um, PANDAS is an acronym, and it stands for Pediatric Autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorders associated with streptococcal infections. So now you know why there's an acronym. <laughs> it's yes. a big mouthful. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. It basically occurs when um, you have a strep infection that triggers a misdiagnosed immune response from the body and results in inflammation on a child's brain. Mm. And from that, the child typically quickly begins to exhibit life-altering symptoms um, that can be anywhere from OCD, anxiety, tics, personal changes, uh, issues with bathrooming, separation anxiety, declines in math and handwriting skills at school, new sensory sensitivities, wow. restrictive eating, swallowing issues. I mean, there really are a number of symptoms that can come with this diagnosis. It's considered pretty rare, although it is also considered that about one in 200 children have pandas. So wow. that's actually not that rare. Exactly. Um, it really isn't. The problem is, is the medical community has been at odds about this particular diagnosis and disease for quite some time. Dr. Susan Sweeto, who was a pediatrician for the National Institute of Mental Health, she has been a pioneer and huge advocate for all children affected by pandas and also pans, which is another form of pandas. It's just not caused by strep. It can be caused by Lyme's disease, pneumonia. Mm -hmm. There's a number of different diseases and um, infections that can cause it. She's been researching and helping our children since the 1980s. And she actually has made mention in her research and different speeches and lectures that she's done 
that she believes about 25% of children diagnosed with OCD and tick disorders may actually have pandas. Wow. That's a huge number. Yes. And, you know, it usually is not an easy diagnosis to obtain. Some children can take years for a proper diagnosis. It really depends on the medical professionals that you have or that you seek out. The National Institute of Mental Health did post a guide about pandas, which was kind of the first of its kind in the medical field in 2016 with published resources and different medical information. So we're coming along, we're getting out there. There's definitely more awareness, but we still have a long way to go. So walk me through this just so that our audience um, can understand more clearly. Yes. Your child just has a regular strep throat. You go to the doctor and then suddenly thereafter they start exhibiting signs? Well, it's interesting because there's really not a precise way to diagnosis or that a child diagnose it or that a child can get it. Mm -hmm. It really varies because every body is different and every body responds differently to when there's an infection or a disease or a trigger, right? So typically the onset is very dramatic, very quick, out of nowhere. Um, But it can even be four to six months following the strep infection because sometimes the body doesn't react as an improper immune response until all of the antibiotics that were used for the initial infection mm-hmm. are through a, a child's system. Right. And what's interesting, it can also hide in the body. So oh. the strep can kind of become dormant right. in your body and mm-hmm. show up later when your body decides to fight it as an imposter. Oh, wow. And then cause the brain inflammation. So sometimes you may see some very minor symptoms here and there, and then all of a sudden it's boom, and out of nowhere your child changes overnight. See, that's so interesting because especially with young children ages four, five, six, seven, eight, a lot of them develop. I know ticks is one of the possible symptoms of pandas. You know, maybe a little beeping sound or just, you know, a a blink of the eyes a little once too often. But when they're doing this, that's also very common for children that age to develop ticks and for ticks to go away as well. But it's also a symptom of pandas. So I know that a lot of our parents are probably worrying because strep uh, line is so common. Is there a way that we can protect our children from this? Well, there really isn't. Um, there is no way for you. It's not a vitamin. It's not a supplement. It's not a particular way to live your life. It really mm. just is your body or your, right. you know, your child's body is just going to react. And there's no really way of knowing. Um, and there's mm. not a cure for it right now. There's various treatments. You know, there's antibiotics is typically your first line of defense. Okay. Then there's also a plasma exchange or an immuglobin exchange, which is IVIG, mm-hmm. you do different therapies, cognitive behavior therapy, things of that nature. Um, some children will respond after one or two treatments of antibiotics. Others, it can be lifelong and it can be really, and I was saying this earlier, it's a journey. It's not a sprint because mm-hmm. even with some children with PANDAS, the hope and what usually, or I guess your typical line of trajectory is that by 12, 13, 14 years old, when you go through the magic of puberty, <laughs> yes, a lot of children have 
you know, remissions and are okay and their bodies are done fighting it and they may have no more issues, but you have other children who it has taken so long to get diagnosed and they've had so much go on with the brain inflammation Mm -hmm. and the different things in their body. So Tarly, I know you became somewhat of a reluctant advocate because this became personal to you. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Of course. Um, It was from my daughter. Her name is Tegan. She was in first grade. I had kept her out of school for a few days. She wasn't feeling well. Not a fever, no real big symptoms. She's not herself. Right. My oldest son needed to go back to the doctors to be rechecked for something. So I took her with me because you need the magic note to get back into school. <laughs> Always. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the doctor, the pediatrician looked at me and said, you know what? We're going to swipe her with the rapid strep test. We've been having a lot of kids come in with no symptoms but actually having strep throat. So I said, sure, that's not a problem. And lo and behold, her rapid strep came back as positive. Wow. Then her culture also came back as positive and quite severe. So they decided to put her on an antibiotic for 10 days. Her tonsils were extremely large, but within about 24 to 48 hours of being in the doctor's office, they became literally like the size of golf balls, almost touching. Oh my gosh. The amoxicillin. Okay. So I did the antibiotics. She stayed out of school an extra day. And within a few days, we started getting some really odd symptoms. Now she started to get a sore throat. Okay. Her tonsils kept getting bigger. Mm -hmm. They looked really angry. And I say that because... I can't, obviously, not a medical professional. I can't say they were diseased. But when she opened her mouth, you knew there was something wrong with those tonsils. Right. right. And that is not always typical of a child with pandas. Right. Now, had, had you, had she experienced strep throat earlier in her life at some point? Never. She was never, okay. never sick, very healthy. Right. I don't even think if my memory serves me correct, she had ever been on an antibiotic before this. Oh, wow. wow. So this she is really out of character. Extremely. Okay. So I took her back to the doctors and it was about 10 days, 12 days later. Her rapid test came up for strep again. So pretty much it didn't go away. Wow. They did another culture. And now they wanted to try augmenting and have me go see an ENT. Okay. So fast forward to about another two weeks later, she had been, or actually maybe a week, she was on the augmenting for about five days and nothing was getting better. In fact, her symptoms were getting worse. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting extremely concerned. And now we're on our second round of strep in less than a month. Right. And her tonsils are to the point where she could barely swallow. Okay. We went to our first ENT appointment and she was not concerned whatsoever. Really? And she looked at me and said, are you one of those moms that Googles everything? I oh, think goodness. you're a little unrealistic. Oh, using the Dr. Google excuse. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's I also so condescending. It well, was, and it took all of me at that point, quite frankly, because I can usually remain quite calm. Right. <laughs> yes. It took all of me not to launch across the room because I <laughs> oh, thought, are you exactly. out of your mind? Right. Right. 
And you're a mom, of course, even even when moms look things up. I mean, of course, you're a parent, right? I said back, I said, you know, I find this to be very rude and condescending and I may not be a doctor. And regardless of the research that I have done, I know my child's not okay. Right. So does my pediatrician, which is why I'm coming to you. Jeez. So needless to say, she would not discuss taking her tonsils out. She would not discuss pandas at all. She told me it was not a real diagnosis. Oh. At this point, uh, I did know about pandas, but at this point in my journey, it hadn't registered yet because I was still sorting out what was happening. Right. Your daughter's sick. Right. And I'm like, something is not wrong, like not right. And now I'm not being listened to. Right. So I will fast forward a bunch because it was quite crazy, but all happened within a pretty tight time span given other families' journeys. Right. I went back to the pediatrician and lost my mind about the ENT. I was crying. I'm like, something is wrong and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. This is ridiculous. Right. So I asked for an anal swab, another throat culture, and blood work from my pediatrician. How did you know to even ask for this, though? Well, when I was looking up different things, I know that certain diseases and certain infections can become dormant in the body and they can hide in your anal cavity and a swab can show that. Oh, wow. wow. She's brilliant. Good to know. I was really trying to just figure out something. Okay. During the time that those tests were being ran, I was literally pacing outside of my daughter's room because she was having a very bad anxiety attack. And she just kept telling me she wanted to be alone, but she was obviously in a very upset state and Mm -hmm. I couldn't trust her to be by herself. So I was outside and it hit me that I had a student years ago that was diagnosed with pandas. Okay. And I thought, wait a minute. And so I told my one son, I'm like, stand outside your sister's door. And I got my computer and I started looking it all up. And she was literally the poster child for pandas. Wow. Wow. So So you really had a light bulb moment about this. It was totally, I call it like my Oprah aha moment. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't I think of this before? You know, but whatever reason I was supposed to find out at that moment. Right. Right. Went back to the pediatrician. She looked at me and went, oh my goodness, I've heard of it, but I personally haven't dealt with it, but it makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. There's another doctor in the practice who's older, who has heard of it. He happened to be there that day. Thank you. Thank goodness. He came in, he talked to me, he goes, without a doubt, we need, you need to go back to an ENT. I'm like, I already have an appointment with my regular ENT. When you go to an emergency, you take who you get. So I'm going to who I know. And he said, we will help you. And I started crying because, oh my goodness, we are going to get her help. So I went back to the ENT and even though he had done my older son's tonsils and adenoids, he did a labial phrenectomy for my second child years ago. He did not believe in the pandas either. And I said, well, look, I said, you don't have to believe in it. You don't have to understand it. I said, and I completely respect the fact that in the medical community, there's a lot of discourse and, you know, 
opposing sides. I said, but here's what I can tell you. I know the symptoms that you need to take out tonsils and adenoids, and she has every one of them. So her tonsils at this point are still the size of golf balls. Yes. At this point, um, she had lost about eight pounds in a two-month period. She <gasps> oh, that's so uncommon She's a slim for a child. child. Yeah, yes, this is not she okay. she is tiny to begin with. Right. Yes. I, I, can you just are. clarify, Tarly? I don't mean to, mean to interrupt, but what is the connection between the tonsils and the pandas? There is not a formal connection medically all the time. Okay. Right. I firmly believe with all my heart, and so did her doctors, it got stuck in her tonsils. Ah, okay. Isn't that something? And you could tell, like, by looking at them. So okay. her ENT decided... He just still didn't believe in pandas. Right. He was not even going to discuss it with me, but he did agree after some discussion because they like the kids to have strep throat six to eight times in a year and go through all this stuff. And I said, I'm up to five times now because, you know, we've had a little bit of about three month period. So right. I'm not waiting any longer. Something's wrong. Right. But he right. agreed to do the surgery for us. Right. In the meantime, I found the most amazing doctor. Her name's Dr. Josephine Elias. She's out of DuPont Hospital in Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. He was very familiar with pans and pandas, very much an advocate for it. And I got her an appointment, ironically, two days before her surgery. Oh, wow. And since pandas and pans are basically a clinical diagnosis at this point, it's basically looking at all these different symptoms and all this different criteria. She diagnosed her with it two days before her surgery. Oh, my goodness. She also ordered blood work because there is a panel that you can do. It's called the Cunningham panel, and it kind of will give you results on your likelihood if you have an autoimmune condition in nature that can include pandas as well as some other things. So she agreed to run that lab work because at this time I've done so much research. I have a whole binder just. <clears throat> right. That's a mother's love, isn't it, Atara? <laughs> oh my goodness. It also shows so importantly how you have to really be your own advocate. Yes. Yes. You are your child's voice literally their entire life, but especially when their voice is quiet and cannot be as loud as you can for right. them. I mean, we're advocate whether it's medically whether it's education yes, whether so it's true school, is the most important thing you can do for raising them we're talking about a first grader here and that you had to jump into a world that you had only heard about um from one student a few years before right and now you've become this um person living within it because pandas is so interesting it not only affects the child or it also affects the family so oh, it was tremendous on all of us because i had to take her out of school on a medical leave she just mm -hmm. couldn't do it anymore and right. i could let her suffer yeah so my husband and i agreed we talked to the school they were amazing in supporting her that's great yes yeah. um she had the surgery okay and we had to squat in the hospital. We weren't leaving because I wanted her kept overnight because I said she's reacting to all of these different medications. She is not okay. She reacted on the way into the hospital for the anti-anxiety medication to try and get her there. Mm -hmm. So we were already in crisis to the point where the anesthesiologist, I scrubbed up and walked her into the OR. Oh, wow. That they could Amazing. get her to go to sleep. 
And then they took me out because that's how bad she was. She would not let go and she was screaming and crying. Her anxiety was just overwhelming at that point. Yes. And the separation anxiety that can come with the disease was crippling for her. Wow. So, I mean, I can't even imagine, Tarly, what that must feel like as a mother to see your child in so much distress and feel so helpless. Well, it is. It's the worst feeling in the world because all you're programmed as a parent, right? To help your kids. Right. And you feel worthless. Right. And you feel like you're not doing the best job, even though you know you're not sleeping and you're researching. And right. You're doctors and you're doing what you can, it never feels like enough. Right. And then to have other doctors tell you there's no such thing as this. So we don't know right. what we're talking about. For your family, our whole life got put on hold. The right. you know, My boys had and bless them. They were so amazing with her and so supportive because A, they were scared. Yeah. You know, B, they knew something was not right and they were just doing everything to try and help her. You know, my husband was still working. I had her home from school. Thank mm -hmm. goodness for the village, right? We need a village because yes. I had friends helping us. I had my family helping us. But then at the same time, you kind of find out who your village really is because people go hands off and they don't oh, yeah. something. And so you lose a lot of people. That's right. And you gain a lot of people unexpectedly. I bet there was a few people you were like, wow, you really stepped up. Thank you. That was my next thing is that then there's these people that come that you knew you were friends with, you knew they kind of had your back, but you've never been in a situation to kind of know. And they're the ones who end up becoming your rock. Wow. It's a journey, just like you said. It and is. And, you know, what people don't understand is she, quote, she looked fine. Until right. you saw her have these episodes or go through the extreme anxiety and have a panic attack or being in the car with her and her have an attack in the car. We almost got on into a head on collision. Oh, my gosh. Jumped out of her. You know, she's in a booster seat. She's in first right. grade. And she's right. Anyway, she jumped out of it. She's screaming. You know, she's having this whole meltdown that is not your kid and you're startled. So, I mean, it does affect your entire life. And, and how long did it go on for? Like, did, did it help after she got her tonsils out? Did it so start Within to subside? Four hours, she started to um, lessen her symptoms. Wow. For her, it was truly, I call it a miracle because not all children are that blessed. We were doing a lot of homeopathic and natural means to help her because every antibiotic they tried her on, she ended up with another symptom and we ended up in the emergency room because she was being that like 1% reacting. Right. Oh goodness. Well, I think people need to understand, you know, there's always um, a flip side to taking medication that you need to be aware of. Well, there is. And a lot of times you're treating symptoms and not the cause. The root. Exactly. And for my daughter, it, it was making symptoms worse. It was giving her new symptoms and we wow. just could not do it anymore because it was hurting her. Right. So we went back to Dr. Elia on June 19th. This started on um, February 7th of wow. 2017. By June 19th, she was considered in remission. Wow. And it was terrifying and it was a journey that changed us forever, including her. But Dr. Elia, you know, was extremely supportive. And she has had two flares, two flares since then. Right. Um, 
Oh, I, I digress. Three. One, and this is very interesting and I think an important note for your audience, you can react microbially after you are in remission from this disease, which means she just needs to be near someone with strep and she can start to get her symptoms back again. Oh my goodness, Atara, that's very frightening. So what do you do? Do you you keep her out of school? Do you let the teachers know? Like, how do you handle that? We have a medical 504 plan in place in school, which you can get in any school. In Canada, it's called um, something different, but it's the same principle. Mm -hmm. And it lists what she has. And what we do in the event that it's a flare, because we have our own protocol that we put into place for her, they notify us if somebody is newly vaccinated, if somebody was identified with strep, nothing that violates HIB, just a general, hey, this is going on. So um, Tegan wipes down her desk every day. Uh, She wipes down any other desk before she uses it. She's Mm -hmm. just very cautious and aware but we can't make her live in a bubble. That's just right. not reality. Right. So, exactly. You know, we're just very faithful and we take things as they come. But she did react microbially to my husband got pink eye. Okay. And within 24 hours of him having it, I noticed her start symptoms. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And we had just come off a Christmas break. I'm like, is she being exposed to something? Right. So I call the school. There's nothing going on. We call the doctor. We have my husband go in here. The pink eye was actually a form of strep. It can come out as conjunctivitis in adults. My goodness, aren't we learning so much today? And this is so great for families who have children who are diagnosed with pandas and the friends and communities of children. Yes, and it floored us. So, of course, you know, Mama Bear, my husband, I'm like, you're on quarantine. You're not allowed to touch that. <laughs> good for you. Charlie takes action. <laughs> and he was good about it. And, you know, we, I doused the house, cleaned it down, kept her home a couple of days. She went back right. And we were fortunate to get the, through that flare pretty quickly. She flared again. She got the flu out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, flared again. And the flu in combination with being in remission with the pans and pandas actually caused her to need an emergency appendectomy. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was almost to the day a year later from her first surgery. Oh, gosh. Yeah. She's been through a lot, your little girl. She has, but you know what? She is so brave and so strong and her mindset throughout it all. And we, we did work on, we are a team and we're going to get through it as a team. And even though your body's experiencing it, we're all on board with you. And that has been what has gotten her through. And now she has been in remission and she talks about it. She tries to help other people. She used affirmation cards a lot when she was in crisis and in a flare and initially with the disease, she ended up with me and through the business that I started designing a set of affirmation cards that we've donated to many families for their children that are going through this. Oh, that's beautiful. And to DuPont through their behavioral health center to use with their patients. So she has become quite an advocate for herself. She attends all her 504 meetings. Mm-hmm. talks to everybody about what it was and what goes on, what she right. needs. So I, I couldn't be more proud of her, but also know how blessed we are and how grateful I am that right. our journey 
you know, and she's funny. She's probably the only nine-year-old that goes, I can't wait to get through puberty so I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> she's so, sweet. so sweet. Well, so you know, you understood what puberty really was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Give her a little time on that. But you know, what's so, nice. so interesting about this story is like, we do really grow from our trials and tribulations, even and especially children, right? Because I'm sure this has affected her emotionally you know, both, both positively and negatively, but it sounds like you as her mother have really helped her to overcome this and to really forge forward in such a positive way and to see the silver lining. And that's such an impactful gift that you're able to give her. So well, thank kudos you. to you, Tyler. I believe in that mindset is a powerful tool and, you know, everyone has a struggle at some point in life. Right. Some are worse yes. than others, but in your moment, it, it really is the worst thing happening to you. And so true. you need that support and you need the encouragement. And, you know, I hope that that is instilled in all three of my children and any family or child I work with, because your mindset can be just as powerful sometimes as the medication and treatment that you're receiving. Oh, that's so true. I mean, we couldn't agree more. We believe like mind and body are truly connected. I think there's no argument there. But what's amazing about you, Terry, is not only did you um, guide doctors and your family and your community through this, and you made sure that you had your own tribe to go through these challenges, but you've gone as far as to continue on with philanthropy work. So can you tell us about your philanthropy work? Yes, I was actually a part of the Southern New Jersey regional aspect of the state's early intervention program. Okay. So I was on that board for a little over eight years. I served in different executive council positions, but also president for two years. Oh, wow. And I actually resigned from that board when this started with Tegan. So I still support them. I still, you know, speak when they need at different events and things like that and support early intervention because it is so crucial to so much of a child's development. I also work and make donations to various communities like CASA, which is the court appointed advocates for children that are going through foster care, adoption, things of that nature. Beautiful. Yeah. There's a program called Angels of God's Closet that is local in our community. And Alisa, who is the woman who runs the 504 does amazing work for families. She calls it, she gives a hand up, not a handout. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. She really supports. And I am a huge um, advocate of hers. Tegan, my other son, Jackson and I, we volunteered at their back to school program just in August. And it has children that are not able for various reasons to go and get their back to school supplies, haircuts, all those things. It's all provided in this event for them. So there are, there are a lot of opportunities to give back. And I believe that everybody can do something. And even if it's as simple as bringing over a meal for a friend who, you know, is not feeling well or just got out of the hospital or checking in on a neighbor 
everybody can do something to brighten the day of somebody else. I love this so much because um, what Tara Lee was saying earlier was about community and finding those people in your uh, harder moments in life. And I think for those who have gone through the journey of pandas or are still continuing to go through the journey of pandas, it's important what your uh, one of the best things that I love that you did was research, but also find your community who's going to support you. So I think the number one thing when families are going through these journeys is to find people who could support you. And Atara, we've spoken about this before, where if you don't have that community, your family lives far away, or you might not have a good relationship with them, that there is online communities. There, there is an online forum now for almost everything. And oftentimes they can be so supportive and you can learn so much. So we really encourage people to find the right community. There's wrong communities, so you don't want to be part of that. But the right community can really be a wonderful place. It's um, true. The right community can really provide you with some lifelong friendships. But also it's having somebody who understands because yes, you can have the sympathy from family and friends, but until you live it, it is very hard right. to understand what that person is going through, what their family is going through. And that was the biggest thing. When I eventually found other families that had been dealing with it, they understood the flair. They understood right. behaviors. They understood that you don't sleep because you're terrified. They understood right. that you lost your child and you're like, what happened? And that is a very special piece of a connection. So right. you don't feel like you're crazy. Right. Oh, well, you become so like war buddies, right? Yes, for right. sure. Right. And you support each other. And then what has been heartwarming to me is I've had people, you know, know that we've gone through this journey. We've been very vocal about it because I believe that sharing your story you will help somebody else in their story or they can say, hey, I've heard of this before. And that's how you bring that awareness. And I have had so many families refer to me through friends and colleagues that needed that person. And I got to be that for them and give oh, them what so I appreciated. And mm -hmm. we're still connected. And some of their children are doing really well. Some of their children are still struggling. But we're all still there for each other, supporting one another. That's beautiful because you're not only an advocate for the journey, but you humanize the journey for other people who are learning to understand. And that is what I love about you, Tara Lee, is that you're you're just a joy to talk to. Um, a very articulate, um, an endless researcher, which I love because a lot of parents get discouraged when they start looking up. Now, Google can be a scary place. <laughs> it could, you can have... Scary and you have to learn to sort through what is true and what is not and what's right. going to be helpful and what is not. You have That's to be a it. good filter. So, yes. yeah, I mean, we're going to have to wrap up, but I, I reluctant to do so because this has been just such an important conversation and there's so much more to talk to you about, Tarly. We're going to put in our show notes all about your amazing other things. You started an inspired education and oh, we really yes. want to know about that. So we're going to put that in. We, we're going to have to have you on again because there's really more to say. Sorry, Tarly, you're stuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> I am more than happy to chat. Oh, with good. I appreciate the forum to help other families. Really important. And I just want to say like what I'm taking away is, from this is what's so important is you empower yourself and your child to really stand up for yourself and also to sometimes trust your instincts. 
Yes. yes. Because Even they're though loud, else. right? They're loud. And don't let anybody tell you no when your gut is saying yes. And I think that's such an important lesson that we give it to is, our family and our kids. It is powerful for anybody. Your gut is very rarely wrong. Right. And oh, if true. you listen to that, it, it can really help you or at least get you to that next space you're supposed to be. Absolutely. So, Tarly, if there's just one place that somebody who's, you know, fearful that they might um, have a child with pandas needs to look, where is that place? The first place I would look would be the Pandas Network, and it's www.pandasnetwork.org. And they have a ton of information, a lot of different links that can hook you up with doctors that okay. are going to understand. There yes. is often a long wait list, though, so you want to call multiple places and try to get into them. And just so you're aware, there's a conference coming up October 6th at the Crystal Gateway Marriott in Arlington, Virginia. The six is for parents, professionals, anyone who is, has a child suffering with pans or pandas that wants more information. And October 5th is the date for medical professionals only. And that is on the pandas network website, as well as their Facebook. Incredible. So local doctors might want to attend. Absolutely. Yes. I share whatever I can with my doctors, but I'm fortunate that the ones that I've been involved with are really um, taking an interest and improving their own knowledge on this. And one of the pediatricians at the practice we go to, her son actually was diagnosed not too long after my daughter. Oh, wow. Oh, wowie. Uh, Tara Lee, you've been a joy and an inspiration and definitely have educated our audience about pandas. Like I said, you're stuck with us. We'd love to have you on again. And I know our audience will enjoy this as much as we did for the information and wisdom you have. I truly thank you so much. It's such a way to get awareness across and you are both amazing to speak with and And I appreciate you putting this out there for everyone for more awareness. It's our pleasure. We will continue to talk about this very important topic. Thank you so much and have a great day, Tara Lee, and a great rest of the week. Bye for now. Bye for now.